Carrie Fisher was the character that didn't have a face, right? That was behind the mask. Absolutely not. What are you talking that was, about? Uh, that was Carrie Russell. Oh, I'm sorry. Carrie Fisher is Princess Leia. Oh, my God. <laughs> the person who didn't have a face. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, Why did they name their big planet after something that rhymed with testicle? <laughs> when you're having someone having, and this is getting super nerdy, and I'm, whatever. I'm being, but whatever. We're talking about Star Wars, man. That's true. On everyone, our, on our, on our everyone's podcast. Got a, everyone's got a nerdgasm about it, yeah. so that's fine. Uh Oh, boy. Jesus Christ. Continue. Please continue. Uh, God damn it, guys. Stop. This is Film Tank. Tank, tank, tank. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Oh, I don't know. It's you know, we're sitting here like a couple of regular fellas. We're going to make film history. Can you say that again? Just the way you said it. baby is tired of losing They won't know what they're looking at or why they like it, but they'll know they want it. Hello there again, Film Tank friends, and welcome in to episode 213 of our little podcast here that we call Film Tank. Alex Diekman, as per usual, here with you, along with Nick Cheney. Hello. Beep, beep. I'm a droid. Boop, boop, boop. Wow. I feel like you're uh, three for three now on the uh, numbered Star Wars films with doing the beep, beep, I'm a droid thing. Really? I'm pretty, I, you did on the last Jedi episode. What would be your droid name? Uh, well, it's probably... They don't really have names. No, I mean, like, they have designations, though, like R2-D2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how, like if you were to take Nick Cheney and put it right. through, like, the droid translator, like, what would your name be? I think it would be something like NC-33. You know, that is pretty good. Just saying. Like, I like that. You're welcome. I, I, really, I really like that. Yeah. NC-33. Yeah. I'm being genuine. That's a good yep. name. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Just trying to think of letters and, yeah, yeah. and numbers right. and make it sound cute. Yeah. 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 Tucson Egan, Hello. also here. Not Hi. sure what his droid number would be. I don't know what it would be. We fly now. We're here. See, you couldn't do your first and last because it's a little too, like, tee Yeah. And so I feel like you would be, like, hold on. I'm going to figure this out. Give Thank me you. one second. I think it should start and end with a T. That's fair. So I think, like... T and T four, two T or something like that. I don't know. Oh. Kind of like I kind of like the wrap around with the T. Maybe T- you just be T T two. I like T four T two. That's a lot better. T four T two. See, oh. that's like T4, a... T- oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can have that. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, uh, we're probably going to get more interest talking about. Potential droid designations yeah. now, rather than the. Do you film. want to know what yours would be, Alex? Oh yeah, oh, I'm. I'm can't wait. Yeah. Um. Let's see if I mix your letters. Hold on. Pick some uh, significant numbers. Kind of like highlight who you are. As a, okay. Uh, I think. 
Yours would be zero zero. That's it. <laughs> Shit. Wow. wow. You lure. That's such a read. <laughs> you suck so much. You're double zero. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Great. Double O 14. Twice, twice as, as good. Oh, twice as smart, yeah. Oh, The Informant. That's a good film. Sure is. Speaking of good films, we're going to talk about one that really isn't one today. <laughs> and that is the ninth entry in the Star Wars Skywalker saga, which is Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. No, it's just Rise of Skywalker. That's not what IMDb says. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, IMDb is always fucking up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in general usually viewed as the mainstream the definitive place to go for credits uh not necessarily the case but yeah. anyways yeah it's fun on this podcast because of the usual not great plot description i want to hear how they condense this plot it's pretty it starts with pretty the boring. dead speak <laughs> <laughs> yeah i should have opened with that we speak that was a good lid lifter that's uh, the last. That's not a good sign when that, everybody the... laughed when they saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Force Awakens had one. Luke Skywalker has vanished. Yeah, yeah that, but was, at least... that was really funny. That That's was really. Cool. I feel like that yeah. was kind of the yeah. right kind of cheekiness. Yeah. But the dead speak, particularly with the exclamation point, uh, was a little bit of a indicator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still like the uh, the funny one that uh, we were passing around in our little group chat like a week ago. Oh, just, ba- baby Yoda baby found, Yoda. found <laughs> dead in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. think about it, too. I mean, we're getting into the movie now. But, yeah. Um, but the idea that, quote-unquote, the dead speak, that's, like you said, that's kind of an indicator because, man, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, plot thread in this entire movie is introduced in the opening crawl because that's how shoehorned in, you know, that entire payoff is to something that has been brimming since the opening installment of this trilogy, and yet the uh, the payoff is, like, yeah, shoehorned in from that moment on. Yeah. So we'll get into yeah. all that, as there's plenty of, uh, plenty to chew on here. Um, num, 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 num. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily for the good reasons, however. So the Rise of Skywalker surrounds the surviving resistance... Uh, members as they face off against the First Order one more time in the final chapter of the Skywalker Saga. That is curiously nondescript. Yeah. So the film, uh, the top build cast, uh, includes Carrie Fisher, fine, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark Hamill, also okay. Carrie Fisher was the character that didn't have a face, right? That was behind the mask. What? Carrie, a- absolutely not. What are you talking that was, about? Uh, that was Carrie Russell. Oh, I'm sorry. Carrie Fisher is Princess Leia. Oh, my God. <laughs> the person who didn't have a face. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where are you going with this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought... She was, uh, she was, was the dead great. one below yeah. the sheet. When, when I when I heard Carrie, I thought she it was, was spelled a with a K, machines. not C. Oh, God. Sorry about that. Continue, no, I, at least it makes sense once he figured out what you were talking about. Because I'm like, where? How did you even get that? But okay. I also I like to think that they were in the uh, in the writers' room thinking about how 
best to have Carrie Fisher be present, but also not be because she's unfortunately not with us anymore. Well, and no. everything and the, we see was deleted scenes from it the was, first movie, but which the, is very far removed. But the what they came up with for how her body was going to be was that we're going to have her on a table with a sheet over her. And I know Nick's, yep. had, Nick's got some opinions on, on that, and, and I think he's on, on the money with them. Yeah, but, not great. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh, other than Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, also Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver return here as well. And we had another cast of the usual suspects showing up, including John Boyega and Oscar Isaac. Also, Anthony Daniels back as C-3PO. And we had some other players here from the previous films on this series, at least, including Dom Hal Gleason, Lupita Inyongo. Inyongo. Thank you very much. And Kelly Marie Tran playing Rose, kind of. And Junis Suotamo, who uh, is Chewbacca. Uh, oh. This is the first film without any involvement from Peter Mayhew, as he unfortunately also passed away, but no one talks about him. Nope. Uh, we also had some new faces in this film, including Naomi Aki playing the role of Janna. Also, Richard E. Grant is here, and apparently he was in the original films in some capacity, but no one knows who that character was, so that's fine. Was he playing the same character? I don't think so. Okay. I think they just said, oh, he was around. It was a throwaway yeah, yeah. line of dialogue, but it was okay. kind of stupid. And the aforementioned Carrie Russell uh, playing the character of Zori Bliss. I'm sorry, I was just surprised about... Sure. Whether or not that was the same actor and why she was getting top building over, like, the other characters. Yes. Oh, you were making a joke that he had that line, like, I served you in the last one and I'll serve you in this. Okay, Mm -hmm. not that he was actually in the No, 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 no. no, All right. Uh, And then uh, we had a couple returns from the original trilogy, uh, and not necessarily uh, good ones, uh, including Billy D. Williams returning as Lando Calrissian, and... In McDiarmid returning as the Emperor. And yeah. More importantly, Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. Sheev Palpatine. That's his full name. <laughs> he sure is. So, I guess I'll start <laughs> yeah. as I am the resident Star Wars lover. Yes. We've done plenty of episodes on Star Wars, so... Also, okay, we do have <laughs> Star Wars paraphernalia in yeah, our... Yeah, most of it is from The Force Awakens, yeah. uh, as I have a Stormtrooper and a little little version of Kylo Ren here, and they've been hanging out with us. Wow, Nick is looking under Kylo Ren's cape. There's, so. just, there's nothing there. Well, <laughs> I wanted to see mm. what we were teaching our youth. Ah, Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I had gotten those when Force Awakens, because I was, like, full-on with Star Wars four years ago. And, I mean, I still am, but yeah. uh, I was, like, all about it and loved that first one and really liked the second film in the series uh, and thought it was great. Let's unlike, talk about the third one. Unlike, well, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, come on. Sorry. Uh, and then this film came about, and... I will say I was still super excited for it, even with the really limp title of The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I thought the first trailer was actually really good. I loved the trailer that included all of the scenes from the previous films in the series and the music cues uh, that correlated with them. Uh, and then women saw the film, and I thought this was pretty 
not great. You had a bit of a struggle. I did. And I still think that this is okay. Um, but it's just not that good. Um, this feels like it belongs in the prequels and not with their new films for me. And that's really disappointing because it felt like at one time Disney had a good grasp on what they wanted to do with Star Wars in terms of the quality that they were shooting for in their films. And they're going in a different direction now. And I don't really, um, I don't really get it. I don't I don't get why uh we want to just go back to the same story over and over again. Um this cannot survive just telling the Skywalker story over and over again. Mm. And all of the marketing leading up tried to claim that this was the definitive ending to the Skywalker saga. And then this film at the very end of it shits all over that notion and I, I'm just, I just am so disappointed with that. It's really weird, the marketing for this, that this is the finale, the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. Really? Because the last word she says is Skywalker. No, 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 no. Um, it's because of the fact that up until now, I did not see this this sequel trilogy as necessarily being the 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 third like sort of like collection for the Skywalker saga. I didn't even under- understand that this was supposed to be like this is the first time that I've heard of it being referred to as the Skywalker saga leading up to because leading up to this at film. one point what it felt like Disney was really on board with this idea that they needed to get away from the Skywalker storyline. Oh, yeah. boy, like, did heard, they back down hard on that. I had heard it mentioned numerous times before this movie, but this was definitely the time when I thought it was front and center right. in the actual press tour right. and whatnot, yeah. um, which is ironic because then we have this. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I think disappointed is the best word for this film for me. Uh, I still find some parts of this that I really enjoyed, and I'll mention them more as uh, we talk more about specific parts of this film. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted this to be great. I really wanted The Force Awakens to be great, and I felt like it was close enough to that mm. that I really loved it. And I really wanted The Last Jedi to be great, and... I feel like when we did our episode on Force Awakens, we all talked about how that film got a little bit of an incomplete score because even though it was definitely very similar to the early Star Wars stories, um, (coughs) if it was a good jumping off point into a new story and a new universe, it would be possibly looked at as being a really good start, even if it was very similar to New Hope. Last Jedi took what was done in Force Awakens and really went in some new directions and uh, had some definitive story arcs be closed. Uh, and Controversial, like, decisions. It wasn't really that controversial, though. And that's it, what I, really is infuriating, because this shouldn't... Be, having changes in storylines should not be controversial no it should all no but like the fact is that two like i i i 
a couple of uh, of weeks ago, maybe it was like a week ago before um, this film came out, before mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker came out, I I tweeted that people have been litigating like the Last Jedi for what feels like so long that I cannot, if I I can't readily remember exactly when Last Jedi came out you could tell me it came out two years ago mm-hmm. or four years ago or five years ago i'd believe you because it just feels like the conversation around that film regardless of what's going on in 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 the the, the franchise since that film has come out has not stopped and i don't think the conversation around last jedi has stopped since like even with the the the, the conversation surrounding this film i feel like it's only reach another leg of its of its of its legacy which is pretty fucking impressive regardless of how you feel about that film like so here's the thing that i think is a very important i don't want to say moment in the history of this series necessarily because it's obviously going to continue on in some capacity for the rest of our lifetimes yeah uh and probably Beyond that. Yeah. Um, But this is a multi-billion, hundred billion, trillion dollar company in Disney getting completely had the rug pulled from under them when they just allowed this internet fervor to change the direction (laughs) that they went with in their final story. Uh, almost certainly. Um, and it ended up with a shitty product. And I think the reality of it is that, and what's hilarious to me, uh, is that now you're seeing where nobody's happy because everyone who loved The Last Jedi, myself included, looks at this and goes, well, that's great. You just took all of these wonderful things that you did in your last film and, and you, you shaved shit them down o- you shit all over them yeah and all of the other people who did not like the last jedi apparently and what they also do not like this film and now you're stuck having to go back to the fucking skywalker story again for and it's also gross like yeah. this idea of well I I'm a Skywalker. You anybody could be one. It's like fuck this shit. That's a really roundabout way of sort of trying to evoke what the the message of Last Jedi was about, yeah, while at the same time putting the, a brand name on it. You I mean? compare the two final scenes. It's a fundamental uh, paradigm shift in the message of this franchise which you know last jedi ends with the anonymous kid mm-hmm. in the room and essentially finding hope and the power of the force within mm-hmm. because of how inspired he is by seeing other people fight and then <laughs> which was an interesting and good you know mm-hmm. uh final moment and then you have the final moment of this which is like you know what? It doesn't matter who your parents are. You can just lie about who your parents are, and we can all be Skywalkers because the only thing it takes to be special is to have a last name. And, you know, subscribe to Ancestry DNA and find out if you're a Skywalker today. I don't know. It's just kind of like... Yeah, it's... it's uh, th- This this series has taken a giant step backwards um, with the final film in their Skywalker... Uh, and, and I'm... Uh, 
there's going to be a scapegoat for this film. I mean, they're going to blame it on J.J. Abrams, or they're going to blame it on internet. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, like this these people who are running the show for Lucasfilm and the Star Wars um, numbered films and whatever, like, shouldn't they have a little bit of a stronger will than just a totally just bend to the wishes of internet nameless people. Well, they're not in it to make Star Wars. They're in it to make money. And they thought that this was going to be... Oh, $1.3 billion was a big disappointment. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how they see it. Yeah. Okay. They, they operate on, a, on an entirely different plane of like what is successful. Okay. Well, okay. But there's quote unquote long term strategy because I'm sure that there's they... a very good chance that this film is going to make less than the Last Jedi did. It already, even though everyone is getting all excited about that, it made forty million dollars on its opening night. Mm-hmm. That was substantially less than the Force Awakens, and also seven million dollars less than the Last Jedi. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's going the wrong way, right. and but I think they, yeah. as far as like box office for this movie, it's it's less that and more that like they're like you know we may lose all of our man children who uh, didn't like the Last Jedi, which is a large population, not whatever. But and so I think they were thinking of long term, like so we need this next one to make sure that they want to come to the one four movies down the line and whatnot and. I'm not saying that this movie was successful on that, but I do think no matter how bad I may or may not think this movie is, this movie does essentially probably extend an olive branch and say, like, don't worry, the Star Wars you love will still be around and all your favorite people are important and come see us next time. (laughs) Are they, though? Are they important? Because they're all dead. They are. And uh, nobody cares about any of these characters. Even the main characters. I was thinking about this. Um, I watched uh, Force Awakens earlier this week. And I still think it's a quite good film. And um, I'm fascinated now thinking back of it is that uh, Finn got very unhappy with Maz in their first scene together. Really, they're only seen together because they wrote her out of the stories, which is great because people didn't like her. That's weird to me. Like the because yeah. I thought that Maz was supposed to be coded as sort of like the Yoda sort of equivalent in this. Well, she had this whole story about how she came upon Luke's lightsaber, oh, and that yeah. was never addressed, oh, which yeah. is okay. But anyways, so Finn uh, very angrily tells her, "You don't know anything about me. You don't know where I've been." Nobody does, because we have seen no backstory for him. To be uh, fair, he was probably going to get into that when they were in the little sand pit thing. Mm. It's like, Ray, I have to tell you my backstory. And then that's never addressed in the very movie in which that comes up. Yeah. Uh, And uh, this is, I get get a little too specific, So, but since I'm on it, I'll mention now, and then I can pass it off to, to either of you guys. Yeah. Um. One thing that I think was a fundamental failure of this trilogy, and there were quite a few of them uh, now that it is complete, I guess. Uh, one of the biggest failures of this trilogy was setting up the idea that all of the people in the First Order and the Stormtroopers were kidnapped children 
who have been brainwashed into becoming these soldiers. And the fact that that is really not addressed other than a really lazy line of dialogue late in this uh, last film um, was a huge missed opportunity. And also, too, um, really just makes no sense to me. Uh, Even in the prequels, we get an entire film, basically, that is surrounded about the clones that have become the stormtroopers and what their origin is and, honestly, and what they it do. it makes more sense in that movie than it does in this movie. And I think that movie is the worst movie than yeah. this movie. Yeah. But that passage felt like it effectively added to the canon in a way that this afterthought did yeah. not. But the idea that all of these you know, people have been taken from their homes and there was so much potential with the idea of following that thread and spending time with that storyline. And it could have really led to a really awesome finale in a way where you see stormtroopers turning on other stormtroopers and, and it could have been a whole story. And instead it's just a, you were a stormtrooper too. So was I, <gasps> Oh my goodness. But you didn't kill all the people cause you're a real person. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that the only two stormtroopers we get to know, uh, are black and the fact that they are technically slaves is not great. No, no. Uh, so I, I don't know. That was part of the story. And it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, large universe that has a lot of characters in it. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the slavery angle. So yeah, like, you, you guys yeah. can touch on that more if you want, because yeah, we'll, 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 we'll got, pick that apart. I've got, I've got, I've got other thoughts. Yeah, please. Uh, There's a lot of things, with this but film. Um, that was just one of the highlights of this idea that we have no time to spend on anything that sounds interesting and we have to instead spend an entire film going back to a storyline that really was finished already. I'm sorry, but um, one of the greatest villains in science fiction history literally flushed that turd in Return of the Jedi when he threw Emperor Palpatine down the tube and he exploded at the end and whatever. And the fact that... Are we ever given an explanation as to why no. he's still around? No. No, there's this idea that, oh, his spirit has went there and they've cloned him and now he's on a crane and he seriously looks like Michael Fassbender in the Assassin's Creed trailer. And... Oh my God, he does. Yeah. And... <laughs> What's uh, up with these Hollywood films and cranes, man? I, yeah. Um... We've done that story. It's over. Yeah. We can move on to a different story and not just go back to the same shit over and over and over again. And I think the most damning part of this film is it's if you compare the two big twists uh, in this series, you have one of the greatest film twists of all time with Darth Vader being Luke's father and the announcement of that and it being perfectly executed in The Empire Strikes Back. And you have this film where Rey finds out that she's a Palpatine. And um, there were audible giggles in the theater when that happened. Mine included. I was going to say, including Toussaint. I'm sure there were a lot of just kind of like smushed Kermit faces, as I'm sure that's exactly what I did. And it's just silly. It's just silly at this point. Um, just 
having to go back to the old characters and have them be part of it and royal blood and all that shit. Um, we're just we're just stuck in neutral here. Yeah. And uh, I don't care if it's going to make it more profitable down the line. Um, I want them to tell stories that I'm actually interested in. And this film did have some of them, and I'll get into that. But for the most part, um, this was just a big step backwards and a large disappointment. And um, I'm bummed out about it. So yeah. I'm not going to let it affect me too much because there were a lot of other really good films this year. And, yeah. uh, but at the same time, this sucks. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, I'll go next. So I've been bas- I've basically had like a little more than 24 hours to sort of unpack how I feel about this film and to sort of just try to uh, piece it together with my understanding of like the two prior films in this trilogy, right? And a lot of this shit does not add up. A lot of this doesn't add up. And I think that, you know, that's that's part and parcel of the risk when it comes to um, a trilogy that is made by separate uh, filmmakers. Some of that's a little bit unavoidable. But at the same time, I'm trying to just sort of like come out of like what is the overarching like sort of message of these films respective to that of like the prior like Star Wars films. Like when I think of like when I think of like the prequel films, ultimately there's a lot of problems with the prequel films, but it's all playing to this like ultimate arc of like showing how did Anakin become Darth Vader? How did these things that were in the new hope, how did that happen? Right. And so ultimately it plays sort of like a tragedy, right? Sort of the tragedy of like, how does this, this young, like novice, this, this very promising, like chosen one character eventually be corrupted and, and become this villain that you know so well. Right. The second, the, the original trilogy, I guess is sort of about, um, legacy and hope and 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 trying to redeem the past and sort of try to move forward this one i don't know what the message of this of this trilogy is other than i came about it like like this morning when i was just thinking about it and just like this feels like the story of like one of the the taglines for this film for the rise of skywalker is every generation has its own legend right and if I were to pinpoint this as sort of like its own sort of generational story, it's the story of a new generation that is trying to strike out on its own and yet is inevitably hamstrung by the the legacies and the complications of a prior generation that will just not let go of the steering wheel. And you know what? If that is not representative of our time, I don't know what is. So, oh man, that's oh, that's so fucking awful. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't like uh, Rise of the Skywalker. I think that I am deeply disappointed by multiple creative decisions with this film. Uh, first of all, being the return of Palpatine, because I don't feel like we needed to have that character come back. Uh, I honestly believe that the decision to bring Palpatine back and to put him at the the front and center for a lot of the marketing push for this film uh, was a decision born out of the fact that they don't have Snoke anymore. He was killed. And so we have to go back to the well to basically try to not only present a, a 
a larger antagonist in lieu of the antagonist that we're trying to code before, but also try to um, haphazardly bring this into continuity with the prior films in this in this saga. Um, but shouldn't this have been the movie in which Kylo Ren became the larger antagonist? And that's, you'd think that. And, and Even if they want to go with yeah. the same story you'd, as far as reform that. him, like that's fine too, because yeah. I kind of believe that that's where it was headed. Yeah. But shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't this have been, okay, this is the moment where he gets to be... Which, which that was the ending <laughs> of The Last Jedi, was yeah. he slayed his master and... Right. And now embraced. he literally has to go slay a new whatever because he was introduced in the opening crawl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I... Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. It's like, it's just... It's not fine. It's, it's not fine at all. Um, I'm just going to jump right into the... I'm just going to jump right into it. I I am very disappointed in the revelation about uh, Ray's origins because I've been pretty vocal about more like my theories about Ray that mm-hmm. I thought that like if she wasn't directly connected to any of the any of the 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 main trio, she wasn't connected to Leia or Luke or Han or anybody. Then who is she? Like my first sort of estimation is like, well, maybe she is a chosen one just from like a different sort of like, like we don't really understand like the whole idea of like the chosen one and like where that comes from. And I thought those Jedi texts might actually like sort of allude to that. And like, I thought that would be sort of a cool way of like this, 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 this trilogy sort of like exists in the shadow of a lot of iconography and like a lot of iconography is like Darth Vader's helmet and Darth Vader's legacy and other stuff like that. And the misunderstanding of Kylo Ren about who his grandfather was. And like, I thought it'd be kind of cool to have, if it was obviously moving towards like this redemption arc for him, that it would be kind of cool to have like, I don't know, Anakin speak through Ray and being like, you don't really understand like where I'm coming from or what the past is. And really, you have to forge your own future, and there's someone right in front of you who wants to help you, like, actually do that for yourself. I thought that would be a kind of a cool way to sort of, like, tie that together with this while also letting it go. You have to, you have to let this go. Um, making her Palpatine just feels like – it feels uh, gross. It feels, it feels egregious. It feels gross. Like, and, and honestly – It feels general egregious. Oh man, that was that was. I, you, know what, you know what? I want to say Sorry. that I'm. I want to say that I'm embarrassed, but actually, I'm really proud of you because that was a very good pun. Thank you. It was more clever than anything in this film. I do appreciate that they had General Grievous seriously have a bad like lung cancer, coughing problems. So yeah. That's great. Yeah. Why does this alien character just constantly be like? <laughs> well, they explained that in the Star Wars Clone Wars uh, animated <laughs> series directed by Gendy Tartakovsky, which is actually one of the best things to come out of the Star Wars saga. So you should watch that sometime. It's really good. Um, Available now on Disney Plus. Is it? I, it might be. Yeah, no, they are. Oh, really? All the cartoons are. Oh, damn, that's awesome. Uh, anyway, why wouldn't it be? They own all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just there's so much to to unpack from this film that I'm just so disappointed in. Those are pretty much the two key. Also, the death of Kylo Ren. The death of Kylo Ren just feels so. But what about the kiss? Hmm. I've just been been going through like reactions on Twitter and like reading like some really heated sort of like points about it and you know i i agree with them that you know kylo ren didn't need to die 
I feel like it was just uh, why why is it that every character who finds redemption in this in this sort of like universe inevitably just is is not allowed to live and and to redeem themselves and to and to, and to grow um, from that, but actually has to yeah. die. I mean. That uh, just felt like the safe choice, so that way yeah. the audience is, didn't have to think about the fact that he like he can be redeemed, but like also oh, he needs to be punished. I mean, I was kind of say there's really like he can be redeemed, but there is really nowhere for him to go that he can like he can't participate in society anymore. No, but. He slayed thousands, and he murdered his father, and yeah. whatever. And yeah. yeah, but his father forgave him. Did he though? Because he's just a memory. It's a force. Uh, there's this. It's, it's, it's this entire film is just a series of of retcons and and sidesteps and step backs and a lot of safe safe creative decisions. I think that the visuals are. You know, a lot of the visuals are cool. A lot of the the planets are cool. Like the first uh, planet that the Millennium Falcon goes to, it's like this sort of uh, this ice world where it's like reflected. And oh, like I like the, that one. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, that that looks cool. It was a good enough variation on something like Hoth, where yeah. you feel like it was like, oh, another sand place. Yeah, you know, like... but then they they did go to another <laughs> sand place where and, Burning Man was and, happening, and then they they <laughs> well Alien Burning Man, and then they went to. I think that is just Burning Man. <laughs> Alien Burning Man. It's just Burning Man. Then um, they went to the Jungle Planet, um, another Jungle Planet, and yep. then, then they went to the Moon of Endor, and then they went to this other place. Like really quickly, as someone who's played a few hours of No Man's Sky and sees how easy it is <laughs> to randomize things like weather, these environmental to, biomes, like yeah. it, it should not be this similar yeah. from planet to planet. Yeah. Like if. If Hello Games can do it and write a code that pretty much does it in every step of the way, then I feel like we could have stepped up our uh, ecosystems here. But no, like people have to have those. Those are the familiar planet types that people have to like see. You know, like it just feels like every single (sighs) JJ Abrams is a coward. I'll honestly say that. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna outward say that. It's like you know, you might disagree with it, but like, like we've had this, this. We'll talk. We'll talk about this probably like more on. It's like, but um, when we got out of the theater, like we went to the bar and we talked, and like Nick, you brought up the the sort of point that J.J. Abrams is really good at starting things. That's why people brought bring him in. Like mm-hmm. the the first uh, the the pilot for Lost is, is one of the greatest pilots of all time. Yeah, and you know what? He came in and he started Fringe, which ended up being like one of my favorite shows of that era like he's really good at starting things i say the first star trek film's really good yeah i think first force awakens quite good yeah uh i don't think he knows how to end things he knows how to open a box he knows how to open a box he doesn't really know how to unpack it and to just sort of close it afterwards um yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of decisions about this. Like, there's also uh, the the side. Maybe he line. should call his production company Pandora uh, instead of Bad Robot. <laughs> I think that James Cameron might be a little pissed off about that. Well, I think he's busy uh, to he's, notice. He's too busy to notice. Um, I don't like the sidelining of uh, Rose. I think that was a really that that feels like of all the decisions in this film, it's very transphobic. <sighs> Ah, 
Oh, anyway, um, so the sidelining of Rose, uh, I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, I think that the the editing of uh, Carrie Fisher's like Leia outtakes from The Force Awakens or one of the previous films, they worked with what they had. I thought it was okay, but at the same time, I also felt like this is kind of. I really didn't think it was that bad. It's kind of. I, I didn't think it was too much either. I thought it was fine. It feels a little macabre. I mean, like, I mean, but, yeah, but, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the rose side is. Um, I didn't even really like her character that much. Yeah, I thought like her character in the last film and the storyline of her and her sister mm-hmm. and, and all that. I thought it was just very bland yeah uh but that being said they did her dirty yeah they did her dirty i i I, um this idea that the internet did not like her and they removed her then Mm -hmm. from the film for the most part yeah uh just continues on my my thoughts from earlier of just allowing anyone that has a voice to be the definitive voice in your creative decisions um why yeah, there, there's there's no one there's no one you, you're you're the top game in town like there's no one knocking on Disney's door being like oh well I saw you only made ten billion this year you guys are fucked in the future mm-hmm. like uh, there, there's there's no one chasing them no. forcing them to make these really just other than um, their board of directors I guess but like. Even then, that's just internal stuff. That that's their own like thing that they can just like hash there's, out. There's no need for them to do this. Yeah, it's just pure, just allowing. Oh, uh, people didn't like Rose. I guess we should sideline her and bring in another character that has the same skin color as Finn. So, oh, man. so that you know we can be more comfortable. Then, oh my god, wouldn't you be more comfortable with somebody? Uh, you know. That, like, you, that you feel you know similar yeah, to that that resembles you and your experiences. I'm like, holy god! I like the scene where they bond over their slave names. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, that's not going to age well. It's it hasn't it, 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 it hasn't aged. It's, it's been two it's days. Been, it's been tw- less than 24 hours, and <laughs> it hasn't aged well. Uh, it's uh, uh, yeah that 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 whole part of the story is going to be a real oh, black spot I, on this. I, on this on this film, when I'm thinking about yeah. like the the final scene for this film, I guess I'm sort of wrapping up because like I want to just bounce off of you guys and like see like mm-hmm. continue this another way. But it's like when I'm I'm thinking about how I feel after that final scene, I got up and left just because like I wasn't like trying to be demonstrative and how much I didn't like it, but I just like I didn't have anything to really linger with. You threw up two middle fingers. No, I did not. And you literally no. circled around like you were in a John no, Woo movie. No, I did not. I did not do that. I have better theater etiquette than that. Um, you punched a baby. I did not do up. that. You punched a baby Yoda. I was like, what are you doing? Um, Couldn't get one because. Disney missed the boat on that. Thank God, by the way, Disney uh, had Baby Yoda this year because, like, if this was the only thing that came out, that would have been not a great year for Star Wars. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It all rests on the child. It all rests on the baby. Um, Sins of the father. I don't know how to... Like, I, 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 I don't know where Star Wars goes from here because I feel like it's just gone backwards and that it hasn't... It hasn't done anything to really assert its own 
like identity. These films, literally, feel, yeah, literally, and and it just, I, I'm 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 sort of, I'm sort of over it. I'm sort of over Star Wars, and that that seems like a very sad thing to say, but it's like if this is part of the course for what they're going to be doing now into the future, like if if this is the standard of their uh, creative decisions going forward, then Star Wars will survive, but it will only survive in sort of the 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 tertiary like. The, the the sort of uh, the tertiary properties like maybe Mandalorian or other shows or books and television other stuff like that because at least then they'll be far enough from the core the core core like Skywalker shit to be able to actually press forward and like experiment and do different things um, versus these mainline films which I just feel like they they're at a loss of like what they want to say for themselves. And and yeah, I understand now why George Lucas did not go to the premiere for this film. Um, yeah, it offers nothing new. It offers nothing new. It it placates you with the most boring, perfunctory like visuals. Um, I did like the lightsaber fights. I I will disagree with Alex because Alex, I think you said that there were no lightsaber duels in this. There are lightsaber duels in this. It's just like it's protracted across uh, like an entire yeah entire film. So this is more of a um, this is more of a complaint about the trilogy uh, for me than mm. just this film. Um, other than the throne room scene, which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The lightsaber duels in this these films just don't look good. There's just really poor blocking, really poor camera choices. I mean, when you're having someone having and this is getting super nerdy and I'm whatever. I'm being but whatever. Um We're talking about Star Wars, man. That's true. On everyone, our on our, on our film everyone's podcast. Got a, everyone's got a nerdgasm about it, yeah. so that's fine. Uh Oh boy, Jesus Christ. Continue. Please continue. Uh, 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 <laughs> God damn it, guys. Stop. Uh, 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 <laughs> Alex, continue. Oh, yeah. Uh, why does it need to be a close up on every one of these shots? Can't we get a little more space? Well, they do that, right? And then they also, then every 10 seconds, do the extremely far away as if, like, this battle is the most majestic thing ever. And mm-hmm. then right back to just, like, facials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Different kinds of facials, too. Uh, the. The lightsaber battles, for all of their faults, the lightsaber battles in the prequels are pretty much the gold standard, in my opinion, of what lightsaber battles in these films should be. Like, all these these people who are involved in these are all one with the Force, and they can have these really incredible acrobatic maneuvers that they can do throughout the sky. And it's not like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or that shit. Yeah, like the, the, uh, the prequel fights... More resemble like wushu, like wire foo kind of. But they also kind of make parallels. sense for the characters that inhabit the this universe. Yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So this idea that well they don't know how to lightsaber duel or no we wanted to make it more, more realistic. This is fucking Star Wars. Like it is supposed to be its own thing, and they can do whatever. 
And they do whatever in this because you can teleport a lightsaber to somebody else, which has never been done before, and it actually was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but it still just doesn't look very good. It doesn't feel right. And all of the lightsaber duels in this are all one against many. It's almost an in, in entire throughout, except for the forest in The Force Awakens. All of the lightsaber duels that happen throughout this series are all just fighting random thugs for the most part. Fighting Mr. Freeze's army fighting from the Knights Batman of, and Robin. The Knights of Ren. Who who even cares about them? I don't know who, I don't same, know who same, they are. Same issue as the Stormtroopers. There's all this lore of the Knights of Ren, and there's no explanation. We assume that they're the other Jedi that have escaped with but wouldn't that would be pretty great? Because you could have a whole storyline about now how he's actually killing the people he brought in. Like it could have been fascinating. And instead, they're just random jobbers who get eliminated quickly so he could get to uh, the Emperor. What is he supposed to be the leader of the Knights of Ren? And then they disappeared. You know, that was a different decision by a different director. Mm -hmm. But it was like, at the same time, it's just like, why do they have the same surname? Why do they they have the same surname, Ren? I'm just like, "Mm, don't think about it. Yeah. Don't think about it. You You can't think about it because there's... There's there's, nothing to think about. There's not even... There's not even an opportunity to have some sort of provoking thought about it because there's just nothing. Yeah. Forget a definitive answer. Yeah. There's no there's no structure to their group. It's just nothing. Yeah. Nothing um, rhymes. Which really nothing rhymes which really films. made that final scene, um, which again could have been actually pretty good if he had to battle the people that he brought in the first place to get to him. Uh, could have been fantastic, but instead, again, he's just eliminating um, random video game characters who you have to kill before you get to the boss. Yeah, and uh, it was really lame. And uh, the just circling back to the lightsaber thing, I think the lightsaber duels in this, even though they are definitely more prevalent in this film, mm-hmm. uh, they just aren't good. Mm. And it's it's really um, I'm really surprising because I feel like that should have been pretty easy to do even george lucas who made a lot of very unfortunate decisions in the re-releases of the original Mm -hmm. trilogy and also in the prequels was able to get his like basic battle sequences right i I think that and and this is just crap yeah like say what you will about george lucas and you know the creative decision like here, here's the thing i think that george lucas is he is masterful in coming up with ideas he's very good at coming up with really engaging interesting distinctive like visual ideas he where what he lacks is not in imagination but in sort of the discipline of self-editing he doesn't know when to stop and it ends up compromising sort of the the main like thrust of a lot of his or, ideas, or he focuses too much time on something that really doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I guess it's a little contradictive of me because I was talking about that we needed some more information on some of the side characters mm-hmm. to have those characters have an impact on the story. Yeah. Uh, but you can't just spend your entire film or an entire act of a film 
on the Gungans and their underground or underwater. Core. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then the rest of the story feels really just kind of late, lame. And and here you get the opposite because all of your side characters have no purpose in the story. And we focus solely on these characters who have been long departed. Or we find out stuff about characters but really don't get to build anything with them. I think the only character in this film that really has a nice uh, addition to their character... And actually, I think the only character that had any progress even though he really didn't, was Poe Dameron. I thought you were about to say Babu Frick. Yeah. Uh, you love Babu Frick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was fun. You know, Oscar Isaac <laughs> kind of actually progressed throughout this trilogy and yeah. had a really just kind of non-existent part in the first film and became one of the leaders in the second film. And in this film, we get actually quite a bit of background on him uh, without having to have you know a chalkboard go down and be like, Poe Dameron grew up in this system. He then moved here. Like, it actually felt organic. It felt natural. And Not to mention nice. his resolution is, uh, I think, capped nicely with the um, him making uh, Finn, like, co-leaders, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. learning that he can't just be the only yeah. person. To, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Nick, you haven't had a chance to speak yet. Yes. Oh. I, I'm done now. And so, I, yes. I, know, I know that you... Really? You're not super passionate about Star Wars. You shouldn't but... have. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not a real Star Wars fan. Um, I thought Force Awakens was meh, but certainly good. But I did like The Last Jedi, and I thought mm-hmm. that was, like, how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say that uh, I thought this was pretty bad. I kind of, you know, I think the most disappointing thing about it is, like, yeah, I know it's, like, easy to say, like, oh, like, it took The Last Jedi and it, because it disagreed with everything there, it shit all over it, which it did, but but it's, like, that in and of itself is not the worst thing, it's just the no. fact that it, it, so if we have different directors coming in, although in this case we only have two, so it shouldn't have been that all over the place, mm-hmm. um, but in this case we do, as far as we have, because they alternate, um, you know, that means that they're writing these on the fly, you know, one at a time, and they didn't really have a plan. And here's the thing, though, that could still work. And I know people were like, you know, they should have just wrote it from the very beginning. Like, I don't think they should have, because then that's like nine years worth of time that would have lapsed from the moment you start to the moment, you know, you'd actually release the last one. And not nine years, but whatever it's been, <clears throat> five, it six, four, seven. Since, four years ago when the first of really? these came since- out. Since Force Awaken. Yeah. All right. Well, since at least the original, yeah. or I mean the origin of when so, yeah, they started say, that. So in 2013 is when they yeah. started. Yes. Um, like we're almost in another decade at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, but the thing is, is that that going from movie to movie, it still could have worked because what this movie fails at is the golden rule of improv, which is yes and. Mm-hmm. So after the Last Jedi came out. Doesn't I'm sorry, but you know, 
Ryan Johnson made his movie. Disney let him make his movie. So J.J. Abrams doesn't get to basically look at it and say, well, that's not what I would have done. So therefore, what came before is not actually relevant. And here's what I would, especially when J.J. Abrams had his chance in The Force Awakens to actually set up some of this. Now, he started the adventure, but he in no way planted the seeds for Palpatine to return or anything of that like i'm just saying like what if in the very like i'm not saying this would make that storyline better but at least it would feel more like a trilogy what if in the force awakens they get a distress signal and it is palpatine now they don't they haven't decoded it or something like that but you know there it is like at least it's <laughs> dates back to like mm-hmm. something you can trace a line from so um I or, just... or they're trying to find that planet the whole time yeah. and 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 there's this you know there's this reason why everyone is trying to get to this Sith planet that exists. Um, just to continue off what you're saying, like something, something like that. Yeah, but no. Uh, yeah. In fact, every movie, including Johnson's, uh, uh, although his has the least of it, uh, it's kind of funny how both uh, The Force Awakens and this one in particular, like, it's just fetch quests. They're like, we have to go to this planet to get this thing. And when we get there, revelations will happen. And uh, and it's just kind of weird. Also, I find it weird because I just watched, obviously, this movie. But I also just watched Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And, man, there are a lot of unregistered planets in this galaxy. Like, that is, like, they need a Wikipedia or something. Because if they just would crowdsource that shit, they wouldn't have nearly any of these problems. But... That is, like, the fourth or fifth time in this entire franchise where someone's, like, so weird because it's a planet, but no one knows where it is. And it's just, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I just thought this was mostly boring. I thought that the action uh, that kept interrupting every scene, so therefore no scene actually got to end with a period but had to end with an exclamation point, which was kind of bad because, you know, if you're going to do that in the second movie, which Johnson chose not to do, which I appreciated, I feel like that's slightly understandable because that's your middle movie and you're trying to, you know, get from point A to point B. But what's up? When you just said that, it reminded <laughs> me of something else I didn't like about the film, which was hmm. uh, the editing, the editing of scenes within scenes within scenes. Like there were very few... You don't have to have this, but it's sort of like part of the actual like visual language of these films. Like there were very few wipes. There were very few of those that are just transitioning from one. There scene weren't to many. One. It was more. It was more a nod in the Force Awakens. Is I think there was like two or three, and I think it's probably the same here. Yeah, it just felt like there were multiple scenes that were happening simultaneously with one another that just mm-hmm. were fighting for 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 space within within the space of a minute. I'd actually say. At least from my recollection, and this could be completely wrong, but I actually think there were a lot more wipes than you realize mm. because they were happening in the span of a millisecond, and it was throwing yeah. me off yeah. because they were there, but they were happening in between scenes that, like you just said, were happening simultaneously mm-hmm. instead of just now we're on a new planet and this is the new you know sequence. Right. So that, that was another thing um, that I'll, uh, you're kidding on a little bit here, um, where. The Last Jedi, in its best moments, got completely right. And this film uh, is just terrible at. Um, and that is the cross-cutting between multiple different scenes happening at the same time. Uh, I think the pinnacle of The Last Jedi 
is the cross-cutting when DJ and Rose and Finn are arriving at the uh, Dreadnought and breaking in and making their way to attempt to get the um, whatever that device is that you could track people through light speed with. Uh, and at the same time that's happening, we have everything that's going on with uh, Kylo Ren and Ray and Snoke. Um, and you have everything that's happening with Holdo and Leia and Finn, uh, sorry, Poe Dameron. And they do go back and forth as these three things are happening simultaneously. But when we arrive at a really important moment, we focus on it and we stick with it through yeah. its resolution. And here, this is almost like a terrible, um, one of the worst parts of a Dan Brown novel, where it's Ooh. where it's obsessed with, well, my chapters can only be two and a half pages long, so you're only going to get a little bit of the story, and then we're going to move on, and you're going to have to come back and remember that. And it's like, okay, that works a little bit, but when you continuously keep doing it, I just don't care, because you only just showed Ray literally like having her professional wrestler entrance onto Exegol and she has to walk <laughs> through here and now we're moving so, on to something else and you'll be back in four minutes. Why did they name their big planet after something that rhymed with testicle? <laughs> well, you know, Palpatine just hangs there. Oh, that wasn't bad. Yeah. That was all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's, uh, speaking on that, um, testicles. Well, Palpatine, same thing. Uh, so, it kind of does look like a scrotum. So you're telling me that Palpatine, Sheev Palpatine, the Emperor of the Sith, mm-hmm. the man who looks like a ghoul, that man had a child, and that child grew up to have a child, and that child is Ray. I'm sorry, that just doesn't... I don't. I, mean, I, I assume it's his he bloodline. when he was a senator, probably. Yeah, uh, that doesn't make sense with him. <sighs> what? I mean, Why? Yeah, I mean, it just. The space, I mean, the they do of... show in the prequels that he was, for the most part, a normal person. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say. Yeah, but what is the the space of time and year? I'm not even gonna get into. Who the, cares? The, yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know. It just doesn't really. All all we know. But it's two generations, not one. Yeah. 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 But all, I guess. All, 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 I mean, he ends up, and he does have that weird Assassin's Creed crane thing going on. But, I mean, he, he's been risen from the depths, and now he looks like one of the fates from the Hercules animated film. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, that whole part of it was just totally fumbled here. Yeah. God damn it. There was an actual palpable tension. <laughs> palpable. Um, when, uh, when he made the big reveal to Ray in the theater when I feel like a lot of people were kind of like, like even the diehards in the theater, (laughs) like they may retroactively say they love it now after they've thought about it or whatever. (laughs) But I definitely think there was like a weird stifled laughter that kind of washed over the theater. Um, I'll end my opening thoughts (laughs) by saying that I, uh, didn't really obviously care for this, and it's kind of a shame because I at least begrudgingly respect or very much enjoy the pre uh, the previous two, and I thought this could have been a nice little capper. Um, and it's so weird that this is now the worst 
final film in a Star Wars trilogy, uh, which, you know, you didn't think would be possible, but it is, in my opinion, because Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi are not as bad as this. And uh, furthermore, I feel like everything that's wrong with the trilogy as a whole, even if I like the first two films, but also the especially this final film is really nailed down in that final scene, which is, a, you know, this new trilogy comes out and it has to forge its own path. And J.J. Abrams can't help himself by saying, but technically and it doesn't have the conviction to be its own thing because right. at the very end we're reminded that that it's still the same Star Wars you know and love, even though it fundamentally isn't. isn't. So it's a lie, I guess, agreed upon between the audience and the franchise at this point. You love this, right? Which is really weird. Yeah. I don't... I'm I'm still going to go back to that. I don't really know how much of this is entirely J.J. Abrams or how much of it is he was brought in to do a job and he was brought in to be Ron Howard in this situation, and we just need you to ferry this through and put your name on this. Here's the thing, though. I think that while I do agree that there's, you know, obviously the big boss studio and whatnot, I the way he talks about this movie mm-hmm. and what he made in the first movie and what Ryan Johnson was able to get away with him, it kind of suggests that he, I think, was able to basically live out his Star Wars fantasy here and whatnot, because I, the, the whole thing was, it was very weird. Mark Hamill got in trouble, not literally, but during the last Jedi press tour when he had some comments about Luke's direction in that movie, you know, whatever. Well, I think that the the biggest problem with that is his comments completely swayed the masses? Who are like, yeah, yeah he's I know. right. It gave them what they this wanted. This is terrible. Yeah. So thanks for that, Mark Hamill. Yeah, See you and, later. And <laughs> then, but then the other thing is though that none of the other cast members were saying anything like that. This movie came along before it even came out, and you had the cast members like Daisy Ridley saying to press saying that oh, they were so happy that yeah. J.J. was back that they all cried on set yeah. because the story was finally going to get the closure it so desperately needed. And it all sounded like this backhanded slap Shade. to The Last Jedi. So I'm still under the impression that this, I mean, not that there was no involvement from the studio, but that this is what he wanted to do. Okay. And I don't think he thought it through from the first movie to the last movie, but I definitely think like he so, went to them and said, "Oh, you know, what if she's related to the?" I mean, I'm sure they were like, "Yeah, you that's know, awesome." I will say this about people on set and, and and the vision of the story and everything. And I'm not saying that you should discredit anything that that actors or any creative people say because they they you know everyone has their opinion and they they are living this, but at the same time. Man, uh, it's really hard to completely grasp the vision of the story from just reading the script once or twice and then going through your individual scenes. Um, this idea, this was the same thing with Ron Howard on the set of Solo, where they're like, oh, thank God they brought an adult in to get this back on track. It's like, what does back on track really mean? What does that mean? Like, yeah. like does, does it be, because again, like when. People from the studio stopped in on the set of Superbad. They're like, the fuck is this? And they're like, this is going to be good. And they're like, nope, this is shit. And they're like, okay, but like, 
let us put the movie together, yeah. and then when you see it, it's going to be good. And then they saw it like, oh, that's hilarious. It's like, you fuckers. Like, we always knew it was going to be good. Well, it, it was my idea to like, continue it, on with it. At it's, it's some point, you have to just let the vision play its way out. I, mean, I don't necessarily mean if you know someone's just driving something into the ground and creating this terrible story, whatever, but... Like looking at something on a piece of paper or in a storyboard is not the same as a finished product with sound editing and lighting and CGI and the way that editing is done. Like you need to let the story be its own thing. And this idea that, oh, everything was terribly off track until JJ showed up and saved us, even though he doesn't know how to do things after the opening remarks. So I agree with everything you just said. And then I'll also add that the reason why I personally take some of those comments as genuine and not just, like, mm-hmm. them, like, being on, like, the press and being like, oh, this is going to be amazing, mm-hmm. is because I genuinely think, and I kind of understand this, that there may have been a collective, like, exhaustion and fear after The Last Jedi, whether they liked that movie or not, they were all almost personally attacked. But the thing like, about, <laughs> the thing that's so weird about it is it's it's the opposite of what, of what real actors care about because uh, it should be because if you look at the film Birdman like like they are obsessed with this idea of people who judge them and write about them what they think of them and and and, and the idea that the last jedi was the most critically praised film that Star Wars has ever done should actually mean something instead of this idea that some fucking schmo from Idaho wrote that, oh, this isn't right. To be fair, the schmo from Idaho with, like, millions of them death threats. I mean, you know what I mean. So it's one of the things where it's like I can't quite know how it feels to be in that situation. That's true. You know what I mean? So it's one of the things where it's like I almost kind of do find it genuine that they were like, JJ, save us because of the fact that I just think that whatever their thoughts on The Last Jedi, they do not want to do that again, and especially not for the final installment, for better or for worse. JJ, you fought with my father during the Clone Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I'm going to circle back to a couple things that I actually really liked about this film is, uh, for me at least, it sounds like I really did not like it. Um, but I will say that even though I do think this was disappointing, there were still a few things that I really did enjoy. Uh, the first thing that I definitely thought of as I was in the theater that I really liked was a lot of the music cues that happened throughout this film that I thought were really, really solid. Um, this film incorporated a lot of the best parts of the score through different eras of Star Wars and brought that in at the exact appropriate time uh, when it made sense for the story that we were currently involved in. Um, the one that was, I think, by far the best is when they're in the final room from uh, where the battle happens between Luke, Darth Vader, and the Emperor. In Return of the Jedi, we get the sort of ending uh, theme that we hear during Darth Vader's death, um, and I thought that was wonderful use of, of music. Uh, we heard uh, stuff from the prequels throughout this, and we obviously hear the main theme from Star Wars when all of the ships show up uh, after Doctor Strange uh, sling, sling rings them in. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that is a very uh, 
It's very evocative of that, isn't it? It felt like it. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, Nick said it pretty much as soon as we got out of theory. He's like, oh, if you know, Iron Man showed up here, I would have not batted a die. Yeah, no, this definitely felt the most marbleized. Oh, absolutely. Film 100%. That they've done so far. Yeah. Uh, another part of this film that I found uh, actually fantastic uh, was everything involving Carrie Russell's character of Zori Bliss. I thought, um, I thought she was actually pretty great. Uh, I I like this idea of her being this sort of random character that we really know nothing about, but at the same time, uh, she has this connection with Poe, and she does. Yeah. She's revealing. I don't like the fact that they can't fuck. You know, I I agree. Like it's a funny joke in the moment when he does the kind of head nod mm-hmm. and you know whatever. But then also that's kind of indicative about how we are told time and time again how important uh, conception is in this universe. Where do you think it comes from, guys? Yeah. The Force. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope it's not forced. Um, oh. But the idea that these are the most sexless people ever just makes no sense that if you just literally ended an entire war and you mm-hmm. still can't uh, celebrate – um, unless you're a lesbian in which you can... But only for less than for five seconds. one second, so long as you are 20 feet away from the camera, and there is also at least 30 other characters in the frame. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. I got nothing to say for that. I, I read so. uh, a couple of reviews, like a couple of like, you know, non-spoiler reviews, because they're not allowed to actually talk about the film, right? Um, like, a lot of people were describing this film as, like, surprisingly... Like horny, and I was just like, "What?" And I'm just like, I don't, I don't get that vibe at all. I, I, I honestly get that vibe more from like Last Jedi than I do from this film. That's because there were two kisses in this movie, and there were no kisses in the previous two movies. Oh, okay. No, mm. like, I think it is like a quantity over quality thing. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. uh, Zori Bliss, I thought was actually a very intriguing character, mostly because. Uh, although we do not find out much about her character, um, you know, that felt like actually taking some time to be involved with somebody like Boba Fett, who is this sort of faceless, nameless warrior, but also uh, she progresses Poe's story forward while also giving some information about herself, and she yet is taking place in the background, but yet is becoming part of the story. Um, so that was actually felt pretty good. That also, the time on that planet, even though it is going back to the dark snowy thing that we got in the forest, uh, from Force Awakens, all the time that was spent on the Kajimi planet, I thought actually was very good and probably the high point of the film for me. Uh, that is when you get that little guy, uh, there who, um, makes C-3PO into a Sith person, which uh, I don't really think that Anakin Skywalker, when he was building C-3PO, um, put in possible red light bulbs on his eyes if he were to become bad. Oh, I think he did. <laughs> so that like, was an interesting choice. It was, it, was, it was with Anakin as early as when he was like just a little kid. Here's my question, though. <laughs> what would be the actual reasoning behind blocking, translating the Sith language. That seems like that would be a fundamental thing that the good guys would want. Yeah, that was just stupid. <laughs> I mean, like, I literally, he can 
he can translate it, but he's forbidden from saying the translation because I, no, like I just yeah. I don't know. No, I don't. It was just a pure um, plot device, I guess. I mean, I, I, that was also the funniest part of the film for me in a film that really was not very funny. Uh, where when that little guy is putting his uh, you know brain into Sith mode and he gets it and he's like ha ha I don't know I thought that was great would uh, it have been awesome though really quick though yeah. if C-3PO had stayed in Sith mode for like a majority of the movie somehow like they kept him under control but also he was just like evil C-3PO like he like I would well, say people, people wouldn't like that Nick come on well I don't care what they like it would have been funny because then he would have had that hoity-toity attitude. But it doesn't matter anymore. But then so. also he would have been like kind of like a badass. Like that would have been a great. Uh, anyway. I like C three PO. Different, right? That's I'm just saying for a movie, not for the you hmm. know for the story. The sure. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I also did like C three PO having to wear a jacket to hide in, which uh, was kind of silly. I thought. But I liked that scene a lot, and I, I did like Zori as well. So I thought that was a good inclusion in the film, along with the music cues, like I was mentioning before. Uh, okay, the other thing that I wanted to mention that I thought was actually pretty good um, was the inclusion of Han Solo and Luke Skywalker in this film. Um, Han Solo's scene was not perfect because it was really just honestly reading the same lines from their scene in The Force Awakens reminded in a slightly of, different tone. Reminded me of Blade Runner. I, I was saying it reminded me of uh, when uh, Superman met his dad on top of Mount Everest uh, in Batman vs. Superman. Oh. And he's like, oh, you're still alive in my memory. And it's like, okay. You gotta do good, kid. <laughs> the world needs it. Yeah. yeah. Don't uh, save that kid from drowning. No, I mean, I thought the Han Solo and Harrison Ford moment was really not too bad. But the one that was better, I thought, was actually Luke Skywalker's moment with Rey. Um, not necessarily because of everything that they talked about, but it was actually a moment of progress for her character in a in a film that was not very interested in moving characters forward. Uh, it was a good moment of her actually not just being the same thing that Luke was and wanting to actually be her own person and also but that was it's so contradictory in this film where she's got to be a palpatine but then she's got to not be a palpatine even though she is a pal- whatever um but the ending of that scene was a really actually well done um callback to the empire strikes back where Force Luke actually does finally move his X-Wing out of the water uh, after struggling with that and having to have Yoda come in and save the day. Uh, And it was a really nice moment to pass along that from that to the new generation's Skywalker, uh, unfortunately. Um, But it was just a really good look and and a good moment. And again, using the same music cue from that scene in Empire Strikes Back. Um, and I, I just I thought that really landed, and it was a really nice moment. So, I think that that scene would have landed harder for me if it took the Last Jedi seriously, mm-hmm. because if it would have like played out largely the same, as far as I like the idea of it, as far as him mm-hmm. showing up and doing all that. Mm-hmm. But if 
he it, it's basically they were sitting on a gold mine when it comes to what they've already established in the previous film where yeah. he could have basically said, Do you remember why I am the way I am or why I was the way I was when you met me? Like, you know, the story that we now know as to the choice he almost made, you mm-hmm. know, it, like if he would have brought that up and said, that's where you're headed. And you know what I mean? And like. And don't let Palpatine fool you. There's no such thing as hate. There's only fear. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if he would have actually followed that thread, and it, it still would have supported what J.J. Abrams was trying to do, but once again, that, that would have been too gracious, I guess, to the previous film and to acknowledge that they're, you know, some of the best parts in this movie is when J.J. Abrams, which is very few, actually carried something on from the previous film for example uh the mind melding uh those are some of the best scenes in this movie Mm -hmm. and paid off wonderfully i thought when they could actually share items through space and time which i thought that was perfect and a great you know use of that but um every time this movie decides that it forgets its history Mm -hmm. which is weird because i feel like it's so indebted to it yeah well i was gonna say star wars is almost like Selective amnesia? No, I was going to say Star Wars' message is very much don't forget the history because you're doomed to repeat the past if you do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So because of that, it's just even more egregious uh, that it would move forward with no real recollection of its immediate past. Um, But anyway, that was my random thought about their scene. I actually did like that scene. I like how Mark Hamill played it and whatnot. But I was just sitting there going, this ties in directly with what's been established. Why aren't we referencing these things and why aren't we tying it all together? Um, one thing... Well, was, it, just like you're saying and like we've talked about already uh, multiple times in this episode, this movie was so focused on deleting the last film from the series uh, that it just... It just did itself a huge disservice by doing that. Just destroyed itself in the process. Yep. I mean, yeah. Um, one thing I will say that I liked in this movie, but really I just liked in the entire trilogy, um, is that I genuinely think, no matter how bad the material got for this character, that like my favorite thing of this new trilogy will always be Kylo Ren. Um, I do think Adam Driver is probably giving my favorite performance in all three of these movies um and i love what he did in the first two and i don't really love some of the choices that were made writing wise in this movie but i also think that he's so committed that he almost pulls off things that i vehemently just disliked whether it be um by dint of his acting yeah Yeah. pretty much um just total commitment i mean like the kiss between them is really stupid and really awkward but i definitely felt before that the connection between him and ray and i thought that was well earned even if it wasn't well set up in its own film when it could have been because it was being very well set up yeah i said this after and it is kind of stupid and ridiculous but totally something that could happen in this universe when he brings her back to life and he has his hand on her now wait a minute here because if we're going to double down on Uh these if we're going to double down on the Skywalker storyline I'm not saying that what you're about to say is like something that can never happen in Star Wars if if she's got a little Skywalker but your ground zero being that his hand was on his belly makes no sense because her belly her her belly (laughs) makes just like that was explicitly established as the force healing thing because she does it to him first so 
on the spot that that he was injured in. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying. I thought it was the whole metaphorical reciprocation. Yeah. Okay. And and again, I'm I'm not (laughs) saying. This is like House's leg in Tomorrowland. Um, Okay. I'm not necessarily (laughs) saying that I'm totally subscribing to this. Oh, my God. I remember that now. (laughs) But the idea of him putting it exactly the way he had it on her stomach area. It would have looked weird if he had put it on her face or on her crotch. I mean, there's only so many places. Or her breasts. I mean, where is he supposed to put his hand? Um, Again, I'm just saying... The film that is now going all the way back into the Skywalker story. <laughs> I don't, I'm just like the idea of him. To, yeah. Um, grabbing her throat. Um, Lord, yo. I mean, he's done that before. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the idea of a Skywalker Palpatine uh, superhuman coming out now and being. I, I feel like Star Wars wouldn't, wouldn't hold back on that. So especially now. So I don't, I don't understand the yeah. Palpatine thing because it's stupid. We well, need, it is. We, yeah, we need to get into the finale of this so before we go to final readings. When we, when when she's there and having the final confrontation with him or whatever, he's like explicitly stating that he needs her to do this ritual, whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, it seems like he's pretty much just as powerful as he ever was. I'm not saying he can, like, he's very mobile. Like, clearly he's not. But it seems like he's clearly able... he's not. He's able to get some shit done. Uh, and it, so it's weird for me that he basically is, like, begging her to do it. And then when she's like, no, I'm not gonna... He's like, okay, then you leave me no choice. <laughs> and it's like, why was he waiting for that? Like, he was essentially just going to eat her soul anyway. Why did it need to be consensual? Yeah, because he wanted her to move on and take the ring so he could I don't, pass I, a new new body, apparently. But I thought that, like, no matter what, that's what was going to happen. Like, whether he did it to her or no. she chose to do well, it. Well, I think he wanted her to choose to do it because it would have been more successful than possibly if she would have chosen to do that. I will say, um, and uh, it's, you know, not necessarily a worthwhile exercise to say, I would have done this differently yeah. because whatever, but... Um, and Star Wars would not have done it, but I was getting a lot of vibes of her suiciding herself when she was talking with Emperor Palpatine there. Oh, as did I, and I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Like, if they made that choice. Only because that feels like also giving in to the people that were like, she's a Mary Sue, because they would have picked that up and ran with it and say, well, you know what? Balance was restored because the woman died. <laughs> oh my! And she god. knew her place. Like, oh my god! Yeah, there's just no way that they get out of that uh, and have it be nuanced enough to actually land for me. Yeah, I, but I, I did think that that was a possibility. It felt like a possibility yeah. for a moment, and I actually think story-wise, it actually would have, with everything you're just saying. Yes, it would have been very much not good. But I think story-wise, it would have actually been pretty great because the idea of if she is a Palpatine and that's her sole purpose is to just continue on with this existence, I would rather just not exist than peddle your bullshit for all time. So, uh, But yes, from what you're saying is 100% accurate that that yeah. would have not been 
uh, necessarily the way that the internet would have run with it. I think so. the longer that cave scene went on, mm-hmm. the more that the poss- well, not the possibility, but the more that the resolution of her committing suicide just started to get worse and worse because mm. you just get more, like I said earlier, more and more of the idea that Palpatine is actually pretty much fine. And so like her killing herself, wouldn't I feel like if she had done that in front of everything we had seen Palpatine do, I feel like he would have been like, okay. And then like just reached out his hand and like somehow just like picked up her I mean, soul. Like it's in the, I river guess, I guess that's, or something. I guess that's true. But I, I guess I personally go back to a little bit of uh, something like from, you know, multiple places, but I'm the one I'm thinking of right now is from Viva Vendetta, where yeah. I'd rather just not be here than do your bullshit instead of like all the other decisions that have been made by people in the series, which is just, well, could you I guess imagine? I've got to be a Sith to, uh, you know, try to save my mom. Could you imagine yeah. Disney releasing a franchise that in this political climate ends with the good guy basically having a martyr who's like, you know what? We can't beat them, so therefore we need to kill ourselves, so that way wow. they can't control us. <laughs> like, oh my uh, God. I know what you're saying as far as in that scene, it felt like it was leading up to that. But once again, there is no way to go in that direction, yeah. um, especially because Star Wars has always been this good triumphs over evil type thing. Uh, yeah, did it though? I, I'm just like thinking about uh, no, and 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 again, this is this is a game that you really have no need to play because it has no outcome on the actual story that has already taken place. But I don't know. I, I was getting those vibes in that scene. Um, uh, so. Uh, yeah, this is really that final scene is is really just it's not that great, but it also has some really solid moments. Uh, the transferring of Leia's lightsaber, which I'm sorry, um, you can't wait until 20 minutes left in the film to be like, oh, also Leia had a lightsaber and she's going to give it to um, you know you needed to set that shit up a little better than that. Than to just say Leia had a lightsaber, and now that he can have this lightsaber, that's bullshit. But also, it didn't really matter because no, like, but yeah, there were two lights. Well, there was like, first of all, two <laughs> lightsabers get thrown away, which seems like a real waste of resources. They weren't thrown away; they were ceremoniously buried. Yes. So no, we can. One was literally thrown into the sea. Oh, his, his oh, lightsaber. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And the other one, you could say it was. Uh, buried but that's essentially the same thing uh yeah, they they bury and that was that was that would have been okay if we didn't have some understand of the other what choices the point of that was well i mean if this were a series that actually was wanting to move on from it it would be okay we're done with this story but these are, are they done with lightsabers like do no, lightsabers they're they're done with those were their lightsabers. Their lightsabers. Oh right, now so it's like they're burying yeah. the past. Except they weren't. I know that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's... because immediately after that, yeah, that's that's yeah. I'm so... the past now. <laughs> so that fi- <laughs> that 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 final scene does have the decent moment with uh, Kylo Ren fighting with the the Knights of Ren, but again, really means nothing because if they're the Knights no of Ren establishment. If they're the Knights of Ren. The moment your boss turns on you, wouldn't you be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What we're we're fuck? just following you, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're good." I don't. I don't think that the uh, the relationship between Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. I just think it's funny. They're, they're, 
nothing i don't i don't understand who those characters are and i don't know why they're oh there. force awakens was clearly setting up the idea i think that like uh i think jj abrams wanted like whatever the last jedi would be in his head to like explore that and instead ryan johnson was like yeah what if luke tried to fucking kill them <laughs> and it was awesome <laughs> oh my god i actually um would have been all in for uh, the Knights of Ren were just uh, Snoke's Praetorian guards, and then it's revealed afterwards when um, uh, Kylo Ren is trying to recruit Rey that, well, you just killed all those boys, so, I mean... I mean, that would have been some good shit. Same thing where this story, and even in that film, that's very good... uh, will not commit to something that's intriguing that moves forward. Um, so, the, 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 the final scene, though, in this film, I, I don't know. I, I just... A lot of what happens with it is just really lame. Everything with needing the past members from the Force who... Uh, I'm sorry, but if you're going to commit to them being with her, just fucking do it. Like... Have them appear in some capacity. Return of the uh, Jedi style. Well, yeah, uh, not that capacity. <laughs> um, but even if they're like just, you can visually see them standing behind her. Like the audible, like Hayden Christensen being like, "Ray, we stand with you." Like uh, that was just fucking lame. What if midichlorians are actually oh, just? The souls of the past Jedi trapped. Okay. All right. Well, I think we just uh, let's let's move on to final ratings. That was a serious question. I know it was. Let's move on to final. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, I had one more thing I wanted to mention Please. here, real quick, before. Uh, well, I guess two things. Sorry. Go for it. Uh, the Hux reveal was really awesome, I thought. Yeah. And then it was neutered right after when he said, I just want to get rid of Kylo Ren. I've and then they kill him. I've so. been for Kylo Ren to kill him this entire yeah. trilogy. Like, that would have been a hilarious... Like, even if he did the exact same thing that Richard E. Grant's character did, mm-hmm. it would have worked. But because this no-name whatever just got to do it, that was just kind of stupid. Yeah. I agree. I, I don't. I don't really... I don't really know what happened there. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really unfortunate. Uh, and the other thing, I guess I'll mention this in my final rating, um, if we want to start that, if that's all right with you guys. Yes. And I will start. Um, I'm going to give this a two and a half out of five. Ooh, that was... Ooh. I'm, I'm interested because I know that after the film, you were wrestling with that. Yeah. yeah. I originally gave this a three out of five, and I'm, I'm going to two and a half, and it's because... Uh, as time has passed on, I still can't help but find things that I enjoy about this film because of its predecessors and because of the universe that this is involved in and because these sons of bitches got me at an early age and now I just I just love Star Wars. So there's plenty here to chew on. Uh, there's plenty here to enjoy for me that I feel like this at least is worthwhile sitting down and watching. Mm. But on the other hand, there's so much here that is so infuriating on a series that just wants to wreck what the previous entry did. And at the same time, 
tell this really basic, boring story that we've already mostly seen, uh, rehashing old characters, bringing back the Sith Lord from the previous six films. Uh, give me something to actually enjoy that makes it feel worthwhile. Uh, I said earlier that this film retroactively does hurt the previous entries. One of the greatest moments in this trilogy is when Kylo Ren ignites Luke's old lightsaber to cut down Snoke. And you see his corpse falling to the ground as the lightsaber levitates towards Rey's hand with the perfect music cue hitting it. Mm -hmm. It was one of the essential moments of this trilogy, and it was fucking fantastic. One of the most surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And unfortunately, there's nothing that goes after that because Snoke is just an extension of the Emperor, and he has been cloned in all these visions. And now that moment doesn't have as much impact as it did at the time. And yeah. it's really unfortunate. Um, and that is one thing I definitely wanted to mention and really damning part of this film is that there are really no signature moments in this movie. Maybe you can say that uh, passing the lightsaber through the force in some capacity is a, a, a real essential signature moment. Uh, it would have been had what followed been impactful. Worthwhile. Yeah. 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 What about when Ray like, does the cross lightsaber thing? She says that she's all the Jedi. Okay. That was really dramatic. She's got two now. She's got two yeah. and she, one, and she, she used it two. to then reflect the force lightning. So yes. now it's Palpatine burning himself so it's not her striking him down. I will say. It's like why are, you hidden, why are you hitting yourself? Yeah. See, it would have been. have one. Yeah, she's got two. She's got two now. Would have been would have been much better if she was holding the lightsabers like that. If she would have just cut his head off, like uh, what's his name did. Edward Scissorhands. I was gonna say Anakin Skywalker oh. in Revenge of the Sith, because it would have been a nice turnaround yeah. based on an earlier entry, because he forced him to do that, and then she's doing so. But no, of course we have her just shooting the lightning back at him, which is really lame. Um. This film really had no signature moments where the previous entry had at least two, which what I mentioned, the lightsaber levitating towards Ray's hand in the throne room scene, and then the following scene with the entire throne room scene, which is fantastic. And then obviously the, the Holdo maneuver, um, probably mm-hmm. one of the most exciting moments in film recently, uh, especially in Star Wars, with the idea of the you know Star Destroyer just going have or sorry the ship going through the star destroyer and this the way that that was shot and edited and there was no sound with it and just the it was just beautiful and even um, this movie found time to put that down yeah it did it did it Can really we do the Haldon maneuver no we can't do that it it really i mean and even though i was one who was a proponent of being angry that kylo ren no longer had his mask so i'm part of the problem but jj abrams literally had him uh, weld his helmet back together that was one of my most infuriating because i actually <laughs> liked that in the last jedi yeah. and it was like oh character growth yeah as seen by visual metaphors and whatnot mm-hmm. and metaphors <laughs> metaphors <laughs> um but yeah, that is like 15 minutes into this movie, we are already welding that together. And yeah, he can be all like, well, there are scars on the helmet, which doesn't make sense because is their technology barbaric? Could they not just make another helmet? I was going to say, could they not have seen the just, just make a new one. Make it somewhat different. Yeah. He, especially now that he's 
you know, the the general or whatever. Like it's scarier now. Yeah. So uh, for every good part of this film that was enjoyable, there was a bunch of things that were just really disappointing. So I'm going to go with two and a half out of five, and I'm going to give this another try at some point, and I think I'll probably find some things I like more and find some things that I'm even angrier about the second time. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Star Wars down the road. It's really weird that Disney's kind of in this box right now where they've ended their two big franchises. Sorry, not ended. They've ended the storyline that we mm-hmm. were in in their two uh, flagship franchises. And now they are both in this weird spot where they are trying to figure out what do we do now to keep doing the same thing, but yet do it differently. And I don't know if they've got a lot of good ideas. Nope. Uh, so two and a half out of five for me for the rise of Skywalker. That title is still terrible. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a one. I'm going to give it a one okay. out of five. Um, that's pretty much the, Impression that I got, like, when I walked out of the theater. It's pretty much my same impression now, like, looking back on it. I, I've i pretty much said everything that I wanted to say about this film. And, yeah, I just don't see myself returning to it in earnest. I mean, I, I mean, if 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 I was, one of, uh, like, over one of your guys' house, like, oh, hey, I'm ha- I happen to be watching, like, Rise of, of Skywalker... I'd be like, why are you doing that? Maybe if it was like months ahead in the future, and it's like, oh, I just I just put it on, and I'm just like, okay, well, let's 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 watch it again, I guess. But like, I would never voluntarily of my own like volition like go back to this film. Not because I hate it, because I don't I don't feel strongly enough to hate it. Like, I don't feel passionately enough to litigate it and to and to argue it and to sort of like pick it apart. There's there's nothing here on the bone for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't say that I'm disappointed. I'm just powerfully bored. Powerfully. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I am disappointed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, mm, uh, it's, it just sucked. Uh, <laughs> and- Perfect. Hmm. Yeah, I give it one and a half out of five. And while it didn't really have like a bar to clear for me because I'm not a real Star Wars fan, hmm. it definitely didn't clear whatever bar there was because I've seen Star Wars done well or at least done competently. Uh, and this is neither of those. So it's unfortunate because it's the last one in the trilogy and it could have had all the reasons to pull out all the stops and whatnot, but just didn't do that. I think... If C-3PO is the most tolerable he's ever been in a move, in a Star Wars movie, it means you made a bad Star Wars movie. Because for me, that stood out when so many other things did not. <laughs> um, yeah, just thought it was bad. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't really much here to really gravitate towards. So uh, if you out there have any thoughts on The Rise of Skywalker or the new Star Wars trilogy or anything Star Wars related... Always feel free to send them on to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. On our next episode, we're going to talk about something that I think everyone in this group is unanimously going to uh, be throwing praise at. So it will not be the same situation. And that is the season of the uh, HBO series Watchmen. Um, 
very excited to talk with you gentlemen about it. And I know that um, we've talked about this on previous episodes uh, in different times where we were talking about, I think like a year ago, talking about that this was coming down the pipe. Oh, yeah. And Toussaint was very unsure. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about just a couple episodes ago about what had transpired in the first you know, five or six episodes or so. But we're going to take a whole episode to talk about the entire season of it uh, and... You know, I'm sure we'll talk about the surrounding materials, the graphic novel, and the Zack Snyder film in some capacity. But mm. we're going to talk mostly about uh, this series of television, the season of television, and uh, and what we enjoyed about it. Real quick, have we ever done an episode on the Zack Snyder Watchmen film? No. Okay. That's no. interesting. So, I'm sure it'll be referenced yeah. uh, throughout yeah. the, uh, the episode. Um, and... I will say that I think we're all looking forward to talking about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I definitely am. Yes. So look forward to that in the new year. In the uh, new year. And even if this episode's posted in the new year, uh, we're we're on the we're on the edge of uh, 2019 here. So um, looking forward to 2020 and everything that it will hopefully bring. How can we be looking forward to 2020 if hindsight is 2020? Well, we're oh man. Uh, how can you realize these real lies with your real eyes? <laughs> so from Tucson Egan, Nick Cheney, and myself, Alex Diekman, as always, thank you very much for joining us here on Film Tank. We'll catch up with you next time. Excuse me. May the force be with you. NC33. And 24T2. 24T2? Yeah, two twos. What? I thought you were T's, like T4T2. Yeah, that's what I did. t 4 Hey, don't laugh over there, zero, zero.